Welcome to the Next Gen Health Podcast. I'm Veda Kim, and on this platform, I hope to connect anyone and everyone, from students to clinicians to founders, in revolutionizing the next generation of health tech. Join me in building an interoperable health tech web and learn its complexities from inspirational figures in the field. How do we deliver better outcomes, better experiences, um, but also lower costs, this massive amount of our GDP within the country? And um, for somebody like CVS, that's, you know, looking at that preventative end of the care spectrum and seeing how can we keep people from getting sick that drives those higher costs. So today, I'm fortunate to finally introduce Blaise DeLuca as the first speaker on the podcast. A pioneer in digital health strategy and innovation, Blaze has been a driving force in the world of value-based care. From an interest in pre-med during undergrad to receiving a master's in health administration, he then focused on healthcare regulatory strategy at Deloitte and became the director of enterprise strategy at CVS Health, later transitioning into the startup world and new healthcare ventures. I met Blaze in Chicago during my last summer experience, and I'm thrilled that we are finally here at the first episode of Next Gen Health. Blaze, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk with you today. Thank you. Great. So to start off with your background, Blaze, I wanted to know how you progressed into the field of healthcare strategy to where you are now. Yep. Yeah. So um, like I think where you're at now, I uh, was going through weed out engineering courses and uh, decided to get out of kind of biomedical engineering, had always thought kind of a pre-med route and um, actually got to take some public health courses while I was at Penn State. And um, got interested in kind of the the public health field and then learned about a health administration degree and went and got my master's in health administration, uh, kind of following that path. And uh, while I was there, I was really interested in con- getting into consulting and getting to work with multiple clients at, at once instead of within one organization and um, had that opportunity, like you said, to go to Deloitte, worked in regulatory strategy and um, actually made a shift over to the strategy and operations side within our consumer experience uh, strategy practice as well. And Um, Had a chance to work there with a lot of amazing leaders um, and learn a lot with a lot of really cool organizations thinking about the value-based care space, how virtual health kind of helps consumers along that journey and just getting to see um, how, you know, strategy is uh, is developed and how we solve those problems and getting those frameworks and stuff like that. So really pushed my my thinking, which was which was awesome. And that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah, no, that's quite a journey. And Definitely an inspirational path for students, some of us who have absolutely no idea where we'll wind up, and me, who changes her major every morning. Yeah, so there is a lot of debate in the industry with fee-for-service models versus value-based care models. And so for the purpose of just general education, could you delineate the differences between these types of models based on your experiences? Yep. Yeah. So fee for service um, is just getting paid based on each interaction and service that's provided. Um, traditionally, how it's been done within healthcare. Um, I think value based care has been around for a long time. Has become more and more buzzy um, lately, and I think it's it seems like it's starting to get more traction. Um, 
there's different levels to value-based care, but the, the overall premise is um, getting paid uh, to provide quality uh, types of care. So whether that's a quality payment, um, only taking risk uh, for kind of like the, the downside or, um, or sorry, the upside or um, taking on full risk for total cost of care capitation model. So um, there's a few different models, but basic premise uh, is, is there. Yeah, value-based care has been a word that's been thrown around a lot recently, and I wanted to take that into the context of care delivery. So just diving into the idea of care delivery approaches, starting off with your role at CVS Health. CVS mm -hmm. Health is a major player in the healthcare industry. So how does the company exactly leverage value-based care and digital health solutions? Yep. Um, so I think that uh, large companies, CVS, United, Amazon now, everybody's kind of getting into, into that space and thinking through, um, you know, how do we deliver better outcomes, better experiences, um, but also lower costs, this massive amount of our GDP within the country. And um, for somebody like CVS, that's, you know, looking at that preventative end of the care spectrum and seeing how can we keep people from getting sick that drives those higher costs. Um, and, you know, we're getting paid to manage the full cost of that population. So if we're driving down the cost of that population um, through that preventative care and more touch points and engagement, um, then then that helps to manage the overall cost downstream. Um, so at a high level, that's how how they're thinking about it. And then, you know, there's different solutions along the way. If you're looking at Oak Street, who uh, CVS just purchased, uh, they made a purchase of Rubicon MD a few years ago. So they're looking into, you know, how can we leverage this sort of virtual specialty consult um, to find out if a specialist is even a specialist visit is even needed, which is going to be higher cost if the person has to go and have that that consult. And then who's that? those higher performing individuals that are lower cost, but high quality delivering those, those good outcomes for patients and trying to kind of steer those patients towards, um, towards those organizations um, where they're going to receive that better care and that higher value and, and that better experience overall. Got it. Yeah. And you mentioned Oak Street's health acquisition. So do different companies like Oak Street Health and similar companies to CVS Health approach care delivery in similar ways with what you've seen? Or do they take slightly different approaches? Yeah, I think it depends on the population. You have Oak Street that's focused in, in Medicare. Um, they're going to be a little bit more hands-on, in-person approach. Um, and then you've got kind of the one medicals who Amazon acquired in their approach, more focused in the commercial area. They do have Iora Health, which I think they just rebranded one medical seniors. Um, so they do they do take on some risk for that that uh, Medicare older population, but they're mostly focused in the commercial space, which is, you know, you and I, everybody up until till you get uh, older or you're in Medicaid. Um, and um, so they they do have a little bit more of like that digital virtual um kind of convenience touch to to what they're delivering um which is uh just a little bit different of uh how they're deciding to engage with patients along the care journey and that that really depends on the archetype of the consumer that you're working with at the time right so um you have to kind of design for how how that person wants to be met where they want to be met how they want to be met that that sort of thing great yeah so Blaze, we're gonna slightly change pace here and draw from your core expertise that would benefit aspiring founders, startups, clinicians, and so much more of our audience. So my question is, how do you approach developing a winning product strategy and ensuring di just differentiation within the market for emerging health tech companies? 
Yeah. So as we thought about, you know, strategy, both at Deloitte, CVS, um, thinking about our strategy at the, at the startup that I had been at, um, you know, it's really going out kind of understanding and framing our problems. Um, so that's easily understood, not just by us, but others that we're speaking with and working with and, um, then going out and kind of looking at the market, what's going on, where do people sit, where are they trying to go, um, what do consumers want in the market, and starting to form some hypotheses around, you know, how do we go out and solve this problem, and then, you know, bringing in some experts, speaking with experts to um, get their viewpoints, what's going on out there as well, and um, helping to kind of solidify some of that evidence to support our hypotheses, and then that helps to move forward then as you start to think through, like, your product workflows, how are you interacting along that entire journey, whether it's with the member, what's the provider doing at each point, different people on the care team, and what are those kind of capabilities you need underneath? And then starting to figure out, you know, are we going to develop those capabilities on our own? Or are there vendors out there that make sense to partner with, vend with, um, to to bring those capabilities in-house? And how do we kind of integrate that together to create that that experience that you're looking for, that that patient or that whoever the stakeholder you're targeted at is is looking for. Right. And so where do entrepreneurs even start? There's There are just so many digital products out in the field. And I think some founders are just looking for a launching pad. So what do you recommend just as a starting point? Yeah, um, I'm definitely not a founder. Um, definitely not one of the creative types. I like to support founders and stuff like that. I think that um, it's really what I've seen from from other founders that I've talked to, heard on other podcasts, stuff like that, um, is just, you know, where's that passion area that they have and um, where, and again, where's where's the market headed? Um, so, uh, you know, are you really passionate about, you know, the overall total cost of care and that overall experience where people are, you know, patients and they, they feel like a patient and not like a person? Um, and if you want to go in and get in on that experience, how do I do that? And how do I fit that into um, how the market operates at kind of that macro level so that, you know, you have to get paid as well uh, to be successful. So um, I know that's really high level, but uh, from what I've seen from from founders, it's it's a lot of that passion and where they have a lot of excitement in healthcare because they're going to be doing this for the next probably eight to 10 years until they hit success. And they're going to be working seven days a week and a ton of hours. So they have to be excited about what, what they're doing. Yep. No, totally makes sense. And on, the, on a similar scale for students, how do we really look for what we can do within these startups, anything in the healthcare field, how do we insert ourselves to, you know, the revolution of the next generation? Um, that's a really, really good question. Um, so I'm kind of looking for my next job right now, and I've sent out a lot of LinkedIn messages. Um, you get some hits and some misses, and um, that's been an interesting way to find out about uh, kind of new companies and connect with people that are there and learn more about what's going on, how they're structured, what kind of uh, backgrounds and stuff they're looking for, especially at that kind of entry level coming out of college, um, uh, depending on what areas you want to get into. I think a lot of a lot of startups are focused on again that product space, managing the overall product, as well as sales and customer success. So those are other ways that you can potentially get in if you've got that ability to manage relationships and and help with that implementation and get that operation side. That's a really great way to 
to get your foot in the door um, as well. But I mean, I've just listened to a ton of podcasts. I go to look at what portfolio companies, the different v- venture capital firms have within healthcare. And that gives you a good idea of where people are investing, where they're thinking about heading kind of as that next generation. And then looking at these these large organizations like United, CVS, Amazon, Walgreens, where are they headed? Where are they making acquisitions? Stuff like that. So that can help you figure out where the market's headed, what companies are, are doing well and getting that funding and um, just doing a little bit more research and digging on on what kinds of roles they're they're looking for and what kind of experience and skills. Yeah, that's super helpful. I think those are insights that will really speak to so many of the players within the healthcare field. And so my last question is just something that I hope to ask everyone on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It is what excites you the most about the potential of digital health in improving healthcare delivery and patient outcomes in the years to come? Yeah. Um, I think there's a, f- a few points. I think one is, um, is like that engagement experience point. I did. I know that a lot of people still want that in-person touch with, uh, with their physician, but once they get outside those four walls, which is where most of, of health is determined, um, I think that that's a really great way to drive extra engagement. And it just depends on what channel that person wants to be engaged in, whether it's email, chat, text, that sort of thing. But um, I think that's that's pretty exciting and just seeing how organizations are starting to think through that. And then um, I think uh, like AI is a huge buzzword as well if we're talking about value-based care and buzzwords. But, um, you know, as as these like, different language models and um, kind of AI capabilities develop and have a chance to drive further clinical decision support and take some more of the burden off of providers, um, as well as um, identify like that next best action and steps and stuff like that. Um, I think that's a really interesting space. And then I'm sure I don't know as much about the therapeutic space, but I know there's a lot going on in that digital therapeutic space and um, kind of addressing further uh, conditions that we're trying to to manage. So I think that's that's really, really interesting as well. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and support, Blaze. It has been a pleasure talking to you.